0: Welcome to Wide Awake. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ, new to the faith, or someone who may be skeptical about the claims of Christ, we hope these next few minutes will build you up, encourage you, and help you wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ.
1: I'm Chase Iflin, the host for Wide Awake Today. Joining me is Jeff Lawrence, lead pastor of Redemption Church, and Chris Clark, worship pastor of Redemption Church. How are you guys doing today? I am doing fantastic.
0: Loving this fall weather again. Always a good day in the fall.
2: I'm doing well. Getting ready for Thanksgiving, Christmas, kind of all of that coming down right now. Seems like there's a lot lot on the calendar and it's always a fun time of year.
0: I've officially moved to drinking tea, which is always a sign that The season has changed. Winter
1: is coming. Yes, I'm enjoying some. My my
2: family's Mm -hmm. currently in a battle about Christmas music or no Christmas music, Mm -hmm. the pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving crew, and we're not all on the same page there, but we're scattered across multiple continents, and it it all works itself out. Tis the season.
1: (laughs) Well, today we're going to be talking about an area of the Christian faith that is often not properly understood, uh, but it's such an important component of the Christian faith that if we did fully understand it, it would unlock a tremendous amount of freedom, joy, and boldness in our lives. And that area of the faith is adoption. So Jeff, on Sunday, you talked about the boldness of the early church, both in their proclamation of Jesus and in their uh, financial generosity. And you briefly mentioned that one of the reasons they felt the freedom to live in this way was because of their adoption as sons and daughters of God the Father. And so we just want to unpack a little bit more of that in this episode. Yeah,
2: I think, you know, if you're if you're not used to church and you haven't grown up around this, or if you're not steeped in theology, the idea of adoption, that may sound really weird, because you're like, dude, I got a family, like I, I know my mom and dad, or... You know I may you know I grew up in a house I, I didn't need to be adoption I wasn't in an orphanage what does this even mean yeah. and I think that there is something there though that's important as we think about biblically there there's a concept of adoption that's connected actually to our salvation that is a, an adoption into a spiritual family adoption with a heavenly father and there's something there that's I think really important for us to understand about our own lives. And it's fascinating to me to see the importance of this and and how that really worked itself out in the early church. And I, I think for us in a Bible Belt world where cur- cultural Christianity is common, uh, many don't really understand their salvation. The church is sort of an organization; it's a business, marketing institution, and uh, not all of that is 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 bad all the time. But I sometimes think we lose the organic beauty uh, of God's work to create a new people in light of Jesus' resurrection and and all that it meant for them. And we get so used to going to church for an hour that and then going on about our lives, that we miss out on kind of the fearlessness and the freedom that comes from being adopted into God's family.
1: Yeah, and what we saw with the early church was that they believed that Jesus changed everything, and so that changed the way that they lived the day-to-day. And, and for us, oftentimes in our context, uh, Jesus is about attending church for one hour on a Sunday morning, and that view of Jesus doesn't really change anything about the day-to-day of our lives. I think it's pretty interesting like this part of the world – um, my
0: wife and I talk about this regularly. We've been a part of this church plant for the last eight years, and I don't think we would have said this day one. We would have thought the Bible Belt is probably one of the easier places to plant a church. Uh, but we have recently said we think this might be one of the hardest places to plant a church because of this concept that we there may be a whole slew of people that we're trying to minister to that just don't understand the depth of their salvation or are just kind of skimming the surface in this culture of Christianity or this church brand. Um, so yeah, if, if Jesus doesn't change everything, then like, what are we doing? Right.
2: And that's probably a little sideways energy, but you guys know I'm a big YouTube fan. And, uh, there, I remember one time reading that he's Bono's got a new book out. And so I've got this kind of my brain, I think, but connecting with this, I remember Bono one time just saying some, making a simple statement about that. We need people that'll be a prophet and stop making commercials for God. Hmm. And I do think sometimes in our in our current setting that uh, it feels like churches are so busy about just making commercials from God, for God but man there's such a deep robust theology in the scriptures that ought to change everything about our lives as Chase you were saying just a little bit ago and that that I want us to dive into that and just talk through uh, talk through some of that yeah. um
0: So Je- Jeff how, you know Let's get back to adoption and what specifically does the Bible say about adoption? How does adoption unlock some of this for us?
2: So when you think about salvation, there's kind of this robust, kind of multifaceted. Yeah, sometimes you talk about it like a diamond. Like it's helpful to actually pick up the diamond, and look at it from different angles, and see the different nuances of uh, of all the different cuts. And I think our salvation is like that as well. And so you sometimes we talk about kind of a courtroom idea and there's the the fact that we're justified and no longer seen as guilty. And that's incredibly important to our salvation. Sometimes we think about a kingdom that we're, or, or that we're transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous light. And so we see these images and these, these ideas that uh, that the Bible uses for what what uh, what our salvation looks like? Well, one of those is adoption, and so if we think about the different aspects of, of adoption, you know, Ephesians one says that he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, and so we were given a new family. We we're voluntarily chosen, mm. uh, which is a pretty remarkable thing, not because we were better than everyone else, but according to the according to his grace, yeah. and you know, that one for me, it, it's interesting. I remember growing up as a kid, like one of my favorite movies was The Rescuers. And it was this little cartoon thing and it had an orphan. And, and the whole first part of the movie was her wanting to get adopted mm-hmm. and and being overlooked. And so when I think about this, it's pretty powerful to think, and you, you were chosen, you were predestined by God, by his grace, that he, because of who he was, wanted to bestow on you sonship and daughterhood uh, as as, as part of the family of God. And that's pretty cool.
0: Probably another episode uh, for another time. But I feel like this scripture in particular sometimes comes with some baggage where people really get hung up on that concept of predestination. But the other side of it is if God... According to His Scripture, shows us before the beginning of a time in this way of adopting us. It blows everything up about God's love. Like we, it just completely expands our understanding of how He loves us, and it's not on our own merit.
2: And it's not something you can lose. Yeah, it's something that originated in Him, and that gives us incredible security in the family of God, which I think is important. Uh, John 1, we also see that we're given new rights as children of God that uh, it says to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Uh, I think that's important because it's, it is, that, that, that is a right, but it has to be believed and received. So that means that there can be people who refuse that or who don't embrace that and don't understand that, don't walk in uh, in, in the rights that they have as children of God because of Christ. Uh, also, you see Romans 8, and um, we talked about this in sermon this week, but um, that we're given a new relationship to God, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, which is Daddy, uh, Papa. Uh, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And so that new relationship to God, that we become uh, heirs, that we're sons and daughters, uh, is, is remarkable.
0: Okay, so when I see these two words in Romans 8, crying out, Abba, Father, this word for Daddy, um, I can remember this, this time, and um, really it was just a, a handful of years ago, where I had particularly been struggling with praying to God as my father. And so I had this prayer language that I'd had for— a decade or more, uh, where I would, I would address God as spirit, as Lord, as Jesus. But I rarely, if ever prayed father. And I remember that the Lord was kind of dealing with me in that over a, a period of time. And one particular day I was just out on a run praying. Um, I love praying and running. It's, and it's just like a happy place for me. Uh, and, It was almost as if God said in a very fatherly or like coach kind of voice, like, son, you are to address me as father. And I don't, it wasn't like an audible voice. It was just like, I can't explain it other than that's just what it felt like as I was praying. And from that moment on marked this clear, like, I have to think about God as my father. And it started to unlock a new layer of this adoption concept, this Abba Father, this you know my spirit actually bearing witness with his spirit that I am adopted as a son of God. and it was a really powerful moment for me that's played out over a series of years.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about the the story you're sharing because we did, you know sometimes I think we feel like that things should just be downloaded to us in kind of an automatic fashion. But the fact is, we all grow for the re- for our entire lives. Like, none of us, you know, come out of the waters of baptism fully formed and fully comprehending everything we need to understand about God. I think it's part of the fascinating that the, the Christian God is a triune God, that there's Father, Son, and Spirit. And there's these different aspects of our interacting with the Spirit that testifies with our spirit, the Spirit that points to the Son, with the Son that glorifies the Father, with predestination that the Father chose us before time. But but through Christ is is how that was accomplished, and and our redemption was accomplished. And I appreciate you sharing that just because it's, uh, I think it's very real about the way in which we tend to grow. That there's different seasons of life, and and somewhere along the way, we all need to embrace those different aspects that God has revealed to us in the scriptures, as true of us. But we don't download those as as like a single download. They tend to be experientially experientially lived out. And we have to learn to walk in those, and and I think we all have our different have a different path. Yeah. In terms of how we discover those things, have you guys found that to be true?
0: Well, what's what's crazy, this just hit me like between the eyes. I'm looking back at Romans 8, this passage in front of me. And even before that, it said, so that you would not fall back into slavery and the spirit of fear. And God dealt with me in this way and specifically wanting me to address him as father. And that time preceded a time where I really had to wrestle with fear. And I had to wrestle with fear of man. And I'm just now connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. It was like Mm -hmm. he he was like, You're gonna understand my my fathership over you and that you are my son and it's so that you don't fall back into this way of fear. Mm -hmm. And that's I mean, you talk about experience and stories and how things play out. Like I could have never scripted anything like that, you know.
2: And that's significant. And and the fact is that if God showed us everything we needed understood and everything that we needed to trust him in on day 1, we'd be so overwhelmed we could never handle it. Yeah. And like I think a father he he brings those things to us at the proper time so that we can grow and work through those, which is really cool. And I appreciate appreciate you sharing that story. I think uh, another one, kind of place where we see Scripture talk about adoption is Galatians four, where redemption brings us a new freedom from slavery and fear. Uh, just and really, there it's probably more focused on fear of uh, failure to obey the law and and just the pressure that the law would bring to us. But it says that um, that He redeems those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent His Spirit. The Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, "Abba, Father!" So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Um, which is pretty powerful to think about—new freedom that we get that we're called to walk in, and and we have to learn to live to live that out.
1: So we've seen that adoption is this beautiful aspect of our multifaceted salvation. We, we've seen uh, this this beautiful truth all over the pages of Scripture. But what does it mean for our daily lives? How how does adoption make our lives different?
2: You guys know, one of my greatest joys is being a father. And as a as a dad, I love just laughing with my kids. I you know, sometimes say that ninety percent of parentings learning to laugh and you can get through the rest because... I know
0: this to be true too because I've been around the Lawrence household and this is a family who does love to laugh and poke fun at each other and throw each other around in the swimming pool and all this stuff it's it's wonderful
2: there's got to be a sense of a sense of just togetherness that comes when when you're connecting at a heart level with one another and that's one of the things we want and so when I think about Abba and father and I think about it's interesting to me that so often in scriptures, I think we saw this in Acts. I think we saw it in Romans 8. I think you see it in Galatians 4. The idea of boldness and fearlessness um, is connected with the presence of the Spirit, the presence of God in our life, and our sonship or daughterhood in, in, under God's care. Yeah. And when those three things are, are consistently put together in the Scriptures, it makes me think, And there's something there we need to lean into. There's something there we need to listen to. And I think about the freedom of kids laughing in a house that's healthy and that's whole. And, man, we don't get it all right, but we fight for it in in my house. And I think there's something about that that we need to lean into. Christ talked about we need to have a childlike faith. I think part of that is that we're walking in freedom and fearlessness rather than shrinking back in fear and and kind of worry about our standing with God all the time.
0: I think one of my favorite places when I think about childlikeness, and I, I go to the scriptures and I go to life experience. I think about kids and dancing, and I know in my house um, I've got this little three-year-old daughter who just loves to dance and sing right now. And our boys all went through those those same cycles, like as they were little, and they didn't care who was in the room. It was like just silly dance, dance and sing. And it was because they trusted who they were in the presence of. They trusted mom and dad. And and then I think of the story of David and him dancing before the Lord and in this kind of show of like undignified worship, you know, where, I, I mean, a, a grown man dancing in front of all these people on the way back, you know, to, to the town and... Uh, I just I think about that those kinds of expressions of freedom and peace and joy and those have to be connected to the love of a father and the safety and the peace of a father and I think for me like I just want to live more like that I want to be able to not take myself so seriously sometimes and just be able to dance and have fun and laugh and and
1: enjoy what God has made. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such a common thing to say like oh to be a kid again right. or something like that and what adoption means for us as Christians is that that not in the same exact way, but in a similar way that we can have that freedom and joy that we had as kids because we live under the care of a perfect heavenly father.
0: So how do we cultivate that? Like what things do we do to like move in that direction of trusting in God's love and care as adopted sons and daughters?
2: Well, Chris, let me start with how we don't cultivate it. Well, maybe that's easier. It's easier to say what not to do than it is to sometimes say what to do. Yeah, uh, I do want to make sure we come back to that because I think it's important. That's good. I think one of the things that, that we see over and over in our experience with Christians is hypocrisy, hmm. posing, pretending. And I think when, when we feel the need to somehow pose and pretend like we're more spiritual than we are and we feel the need to put on airs, we feel the need to look down on someone else as though we were predestined and chosen because we were better than they were. Um, I think all those things work directly against yeah. our, our adoption and, and, and the reality of what the scriptures teach us about our adoption, that it was not something we earned or something we deserved. It was something that was given to us as a gift of grace to the praise of his glorious grace. Mm-hmm. And so it was not something that is to the praise of our glorious goodness. Um, I think that's really important. And I think we, when, when we start to feel that I need to perform, and, man, I'm an achiever. I'm, a, I'm an achievement junkie. I want to I do and I'm all, you know, always working on the next project the next goal. There's those things that come out in my life. Uh, I think one of the ways that shows up for me is having to recognize that w- when I'm using my gifts for good, out of my sonship, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm using my gifts for trying to prove myself or to arrive in some ways, then that actually is going to work against my sonship. And so I think that's one of the ways that works out for me is in the negative of man. I don't want to. I don't want to be putting on something that I'm trying to earn my way or prove myself um, because that that doesn't come out of I think a healthy sonship.
1: That really is the the dance that we have to live out, is the scriptures give us this truth, but then we also have to go out and do it. And I, I really like the the interplay between uh, believing our adoption and then living out the freedom we have because of our adoption. And I think generosity is a good example of this, that the fact that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God the Father, that we're heirs of everything in the universe, gives us the the reason to be generous with our small little bank accounts. But at the same time, as we're generous, we also reinforce the fact that we're adopted by the Father, that we have freedom, that we can be generous. And so there's this relationship between believing in our adoption that leads us to living out our adoption, but also the living out of our adoption that reinforces that belief that we truly are adopted by God. It's so good. I, I mean, practice matters, right? Habits matter. The way we uh
0: Operate in our lives actually point us in certain directions all of that stuff matters, and so does the truth of god like it's we see that reflected in scripture we, we see Paul talking about this consistently like He's like, which comes, you know, which comes first? Do we just believe in, or do we do it? You know, and he's always working out his salvation and calling us to fight and to beat our bodies into submission so that we can follow Jesus. And so it's this both and, right?
2: And you know, I think Christianity is it's not just a set of rules. Yeah, it's, it is a relational thing, and there's a relationship that adoption puts us in that relational language, correct? Mm-hmm. And I think that is significant as we think about you know praying as we walk through different issues as we think about wrestling with our worries and w- and learning to walk in peace and joy we've got scriptures that say this is true and this is what we can count on but we have to experientially learn to to, to live that out we need an, an everyday theology that's more the practice of man i'm trying to take these truths and and learn them out and just chris as you talked about earlier we don't we don't understand everything in day one yeah. these are things that we have to unpack over the course of our lives
0: one of the things I began praying um, as a early as an early Christian I, f- I discovered that there were actually prayers in the scriptures and I remember grabbing onto one of Paul's prayers in Ephesians 3 and maybe we'll close with this today if there's one thing you could do to, to begin to move yourself toward this this understanding of adoption maybe it's you just pray this prayer that Paul gives us. And in the middle of this passage, he he's talking about the riches and the glories that we can experience in Jesus. But he says something very particular. He says that he prays that we would understand the power of his love in our inner being. And so there's this concept of like that we would actually understand in the depths of who we are, who Christ is. Mm. And I think there's something to, to be said there and something that we could probably move in as a practical Uh, just daily routine of just saying, God, would you show me how deep and wide and long and high your love is? And would you show it to me in my inner being? And I think that might begin to unpack and and unlock some of these ways that God actually does love us uh, through adoption as sons and daughters. So good. Thanks again for listening to Wide Awake. Wide Awake is produced by Redemption Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If what we talked about today resonated, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can email us at, at redemptionokc.com. Lastly, if you're looking for more ways to wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday worship gatherings. We gather each week at 1030 a.m. to grow as followers of Christ. You can also join us by watching online at redemptionokc.com. All are welcome. The only requirement is to come as you are. Until next time, may the light of Christ shine on you.